global warming. <laughs> now, Radio Nation, I know global warming is real, folks. I have believed that ever since the box office success of Al Gore's movie. The market has spoken. It's the same reason I believe there are transformers on the moon. I'm not one of those kooks who thinks that transformers lunar landing was faked on a soundstage. And the evidence for global warming is mounting. The European Commission reported this week that since 1990, global emissions of carbon dioxide jumped 45% with a margin of error of plus or minus all polar bears. And the United States emits more CO2 per capita than the European Union and China combined. Just think what those emissions numbers would be if America still made anything. Right now, it's all coming from hobo fires and Vin Diesel movies. And the evidence, the evidence of climate change is all around us. This year, Texas had the hottest summer on record of any state ever. It was so hot that Rick Perry executed prisoners by putting them on the dashboard of a black 1985 Buick Skylark. In the face of all this mounting evidence, America has stood with one voice and boldly proclaimed, eh. In 2007, 46% of Americans said that environmental problems were very serious and should be a priority for everyone, compared to only 33% now. Since the economic collapse, fewer and fewer people care about the environment, which is surprising since more and more people are living in it. And everybody knows what the problem is. We're addicted to driving cars. We're addicted to cheap gas. We have uh, a, a heroin-like addiction to imported oil. Yes, we are addicted. And ask anybody in addiction recovery, you've got to hit rock bottom before you can ask for help. That's why I am constantly helping out junkies by giving them heroin. <laughs> and they thank me by giving me money. <laughs> but folks, America has not hit bottom yet. The results of global warming simply aren't bad enough to feel. No matter how hot it is outside, my air conditioner still pumps out cool air. Especially now that the dial has melted in the on position. But one day, our environment will get bad enough that we'll want to act on it. Maybe when Florida sinks underwater. Then we'll take action. Perhaps by giving nano water wings and a can of shark repellent. Unfortunately, some people, like my guest tonight, the radio heads, are delaying our moment of clarity by trying to shrink their carbon footprint. They have reduced their emissions during tours by shipping their equipment via trucks and boats instead of jets and use energy-efficient bulbs in their light show. Are you ready to rock? Well, you're going to have to wait a minute. The bulb needs time to warm up. Wow, four whole minutes of right-on commentary on the state of uh, global warming uh, consciousness or lack thereof, and who can do it better than Stephen Colbert and Joseph Rome, who joins me for a few minutes on the Green Front. Uh, welcome again. Uh, thanks for spending a few time, uh, a few minutes with us, and, and I know you're very busy, so we won't take too much of your time. But just wanted to get the top hits of uh, not only today's but the week's Climate Progress blog. Joseph Rome, of course, is with the Center for American Progress and the brains behind ClimateProgress.org. Uh, thanks for having me. That was a great clip. Thanks so much. I missed that and would have missed it had it not been for uh, your blog, and that was worth listening to. I even enjoyed it more the second time. I caught more of his uh, pertinent humor, and uh, it would be funny if it weren't so serious, but 
we got to laugh because we spend enough time crying and screaming, don't we? Indeed. <laughs> With our words, anyway. So, well, Joseph, it's, what's yeah. new? What's new? Uh, well, what is new? I'll tell you, uh, the, <laughs> the right wing is, is gotten ginned up about this, uh, Solyndra. I'm sure you've, uh, this solar plant that, uh, the solar company that, that went bankrupt. Oh, yeah. The brouhaha um, that's not what they say it is at all. And, uh, yet you, to hear them talk, you'd think it was the end of solar power and the industry is dead on arrival and we should just all go home and forget about it. Uh, au contraire. Yeah, I mean, the sad thing about it is, you know, the way the mainstream media operates, they ignored the entire renewable energy revolution and have now skipped <laughs> over straight to the backlash. And, and you know, the, the fact is that, that solar energy uh, is the fastest-growing industry in this country, and it employs now over 100,000 people, and the costs have uh, been coming down spectacularly, uh, and, and part of that, is advances in in technology and and uh, and what China is doing, and China is is spending like thirty billion dollars a year subsidizing its solar energy companies, and which does make it hard to compete with them. Um, but part of it is is very innovative financing strategies by companies in the United States. And I was actually just talking to one of the people who helped found Sun Edison, which is one of the leading. Uh, innovative solar financing companies, and he told me that that right now, actually, solar photovoltaics is uh, 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 cost-effective in 20% of the country without subsidies at all. So, you know, and how the, much the, how, how much Joe do we subsidize in this that, country? You know, the solar revolution is is here to stay. And I'm sorry, how much do, are we subsidizing the fossil fuel industry right now? Oh man, I I did a study. Uh, I, I posted a study uh, on that. The, the fact is that. Compared to what uh, uh, the fossil fuel industry has received uh, in, for instance, the first couple of decades of its existence, <clears throat> and what the nuclear industry has has received, the, the renewable energy industry has has literally received pennies on the dollar. I mean, we have, you know, the entire nuclear industry would not exist if it weren't for the fact that a federal uh, that taxpayers are on the hook for the entire cost of, of a major billion-dollar accident. Uh, and now we have these loan guarantees for new nuclear plants, and we've, we've given them, you know, uh, total combined subsidies uh, in the past five or six decades of about $100 billion. The fossil industry continues. I, did a, I have a post up today. The fossil industry is sitting on record profits and tens of billions of dollars in cash, but they absolutely insist that we have to keep giving them their $4 billion a year in tax breaks, even though oil prices are, are at record, you know, at uh, high levels. Um, so, yeah, I mean, what, what re the renewable industry, energy industry has gotten from the federal government is, is, is literally uh, a small fraction of what, of what the major energy producers have gotten and, and the amounts continue to get. And as you also noted on your blog, you know, what about all the federal boondoggles, all the wasteful spending, how many millions and billions of that? Funny how the, the conservatives don't seize on that very much. But Solyndra, no, I mean, they're you, all you over. Look, it's a witch hunt on Solyndra. <laughs> well, exactly. And, I mean, you look at how much money we have spent rebuilding Iraq um, uh, and, and the vast, staggering amounts of money that have been lost in the entire Iraq war and the reconstruction effort. Um, and, 
Uh, are we putting uh, solar you know, panels in there in Iraq and Afghanistan? Are we doing green buildings there? We're not here. <laughs> Just kidding. No, I mean, the whole... Know. How much I money? have to get the right wing credit, and I have a, I have a, a post on, up on this. Uh, but you know, the, the, they're very good at, at finding one little molehill, and then all working together to shovel more and more dirt on it until it's a mountain. And yet, you said the liberals do the opposite. We take a mountain, which is the reality of climate science, uh, just to, to mention one big issue, uh, and turn that into a molehill. Somehow, that's not out there, you know, loudly and and as boldly and widely as you think, given the facts. No, I mean, it's it, it, progressives, I just, it, it is amazing that, that they don't like to talk about their successes. There was an article uh, in the New Yorker uh, before the 2010 election by, uh, uh, in which Congressman Perriello, who you may remember voted for the climate bill and he ultimately lost his election, really good guy, uh, Congressman from Virginia, and he said he didn't know any administration in history that, that talked about its success less than this administration. Um, I mean, as you know, this administration, for instance, saved the auto industry. When, it, doesn't, it doesn't even say that. It's, it's, it's like sheepish. It's embarrassed that, that government action actually saved one of the biggest manufacturing industries in the country. And, and this is not, not know, a good time to be modest. I think uh, things are just a little bit too loud and too crazy to, to um, invoke uh, subtlety. No, absolutely. And, I, you know, look at the EPA. The, the Americans now take for granted clean air and clean water. Um, they, you know, progressives have failed to repeat over and over again that it's the Environmental Protection Agency using science and working in a bipartisan fashion over many decades that has given people clean air and clean water. And as a result, you know, uh, uh, conservatives have been sort of left uh, alone to repeat their lies that somehow the, the EPA, you know, harms the economy. You know, in fact, study after study shows that the Environmental Protection Agency not only improves Americans' health, but it increases um, uh, 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 the health and well-being uh, and the economy through, you know, re you know, reduced absenteeism and the like and, and higher worker productivity uh, because people aren't sick. Uh, so the cost-benefit ratio, uh, I mean, the benefit-cost ratio is like 10 to 1, these, these regulations that, that help Americans uh, and, and protect kids from uh, asthma attacks and, and, and hospitalizations. One of the great success stories of, of, of American government, and yet the president is so unable to do the simplest communications on this that, that he ultimately, as, as you know, decided to defer uh, for two years, uh, this the ozone smog rule that 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 uh, would have again cleaned up the air and protected Americans. And and another great um, media clip that you uh, captured for us, uh, the Associated Press this week, uh, talking about the American allergy to global warming. That's a good way to put it. It does seem like there is some infection that just continues to linger where. Uh, certainly legislators and including the public uh, and certainly the media, mainstream media, as we've talked about and you certainly focus on a lot, you know, is, is ignoring this growing issue. And uh, they quote an economist in there, uh, economist ethicist Clive Hamilton, is saying the desire to disbelieve deepens as the scale of the threat grows. I guess that's mostly or, or somewhat what's at work. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the polling, it is very clear that uh, most of the disbelief is among conservatives and conservative-leaning independents. And, and in fact, there was a, a recent poll that I, I, I wrote about on Climate Progress, which actually pointed out 
that that uh, Americans' belief in global warming picked up a bit uh, because of Rick Perry and all of his denial, which finally got the media forced to point out that he was lying about global warming and and I think all the extreme weather recently obviously we've had this unbelievably yes, uh, extreme floods and f- wildfires and deluges and, and record smashing heat waves so um, but yes I mean there there is this segment of society that has been fed by the right wing you know denier industrial complex I call them and <laughs> otherwise uh, known as Dick yeah I like that otherwise known as Dick yes which which, you can which say that. has fed it, this this strain of of conservatism that is anti-intellectual and which says that government can't possibly be the answer to any problem and if government is the answer to any problem then that problem can't possibly exist yeah and what's really kind of uh, maybe fortuitous is Rick Perry is being so arrogant it reminds me going back a couple of decades when uh, Gary Hart you know invited the media challenged the media to tell me you know trail me whatever yeah. he said and and Rick Perry just you know just blatantly you know in our faces saying you know climate change is you know in dispute and uh doesn't believe in it uh he's asking for trouble isn't he yeah, and, and I think one of the reasons why there was a backlash, too, is that at least one, uh, uh, you know, uh, presidential candidate, John Hudson, came out and said, you know, that, that, that it, it is really counterproductive and dangerous for the Republican Party to be anti-science. Um, because the American public as a whole isn't anti-science once you get outside the Tea Party base. And this point that I made, you know, that if you're anti-science, you're anti-jobs. I mean, what is the engine of good jobs in this country? You know, it is science. It's the Internet. It's, it's you know, Apple Computer. Um, it's, it's uh, you know, uh, the next generation of vehicles. It's, it's science and engineering. And, and if, you, if you attack scientists and disbelieve, uh, you know, basic physics and basic biology, you know, all I can say is in India and China, they have great respect for scientists and everybody wants to be a scientist and an engineer. And, and that's because they know that's what their economic future depends on. So was there some statement from the Vatican actually saying someone, the Pope, maybe someone said pray for science? Or was that your, your comedy, your humor, <laughs> your commentary? Was, was my headline for earlier this year, the Vatican uh, assembled some of the top climate scientists in the country, uh, and they basically said, look, things are happening faster than we expected, particularly the melting of the ice. Um, and... Uh, the risks are just growing, and inaction is just really self-destructive. And uh, we were hoping to get someone from the Solar Industry Association on to talk about Solyndra and, and what it signifies and, and what it doesn't signify, but we're um, having difficulty reaching him. So just a little bit of commentary on, on how far you think they're going to get away with taking this thing. I mean, it's just unbelievable how it, – and, and, and it had nothing to do – I mean, there might have been some mismanagement, certainly, of uh, you know $500 million, something like that, but it really was about the technology that they were invested in and didn't turn out to be maybe the wisest – choice but it really had more to do with silicon than scandal yeah i mean the the what people should understand is that um the under the bush administration uh this notion that the federal government could extend loan guarantees to 
capital intensive high risk uh endeavors uh began that and and uh the Bush administration put out a solicitation and in and this would include by the way nuclear power plants um, and they uh uh, of, of, of the thousands that they got in, they winnowed it down, and, and actually they, they, it was the Bush administration that first tried to get uh, a loan guarantee for, for Solyndra, and, and ultimately uh, it was approved by the, the uh, you know, two months into the Obama administration. Um, it was a high-risk thing. People should understand that the, the, the government here, you know, the, is 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 attempting to um, you know match what other you know the staggering amounts of money that other countries are are putting into loan guarantees. I mean, quite literally, the Chinese are putting in thirty billion dollars a year just for in the solar industry alone. Um, this company was a high risk venture because it was basically gambling that silicon prices, which had been stubbornly high for a few years. Um, that we're betting that it would stay high, and their innovative technology would would allow you to do solar even with with high silicon prices. So, um, uh, and ultimately, you know, the the silicon market got itself an act together, and and prices came down. The Chinese also, with all their investment, you know, helped crash the price of solar photovoltaics, which which is why, by the way, the solar industry. You know, in 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 this country, in terms of deployment, grew a hundred percent. It doubled in 2010, and it's going to double again this year. So it has been growing by leaps and bounds. Um, and not surprisingly, when you have a market where the price is crashing, you're going to see some losers. And 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 in this case, Solinda went bankrupt. There's no evidence whatsoever uh, of any wrongdoing. There's been a lot of myths, and obviously a lot of misinformation put out uh, by the right wing, uh, and I debunk it all at Climate Progress. In fact, we, we have a, a timeline uh, that we have right there at the top of the front page. Um, and, I, you know, look, I'm not uh, uh, here to say that any one loan is the right thing to do or the wrong thing to do. There was a, a portfolio of investments made, and uh, people should basically know that overall, the loan guarantee is an incredibly cost-effective program because most loans get repaid, you know, just like the, the bailout in the tarp that people don't like. All that money came back. And in the case of most of the federal loan programs, the overwhelming majority of the money gets paid back, and the government ends up reducing risk for innovative Technologies, and then I can just tell you, you know, compared to the amount of money that a country like Germany or China, both of whom out invest us and are really our two biggest manufacturing competitors, uh, this is this is peanuts. Do you think when uh, President Obama was out here in the Bay Area over the weekend, and he did make a, a wonderful quip, and I wish he had expanded on it, but apparently that's all he said was mocking Rick Perry, you know, while his. Uh, State is on fire for saying climate change doesn't exist. It's if he uh, read your blog or heard my show, because we've been mailing on that for weeks, and it was so good to hear him say that. But of course, it seemed like it was more to a more liberal, progressive, you know, private audience. It, it got picked up, but probably not widely enough. Yeah, well, you know, as, as you know, anything that isn't caught on tape is, you know, doesn't happen. Barely, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, you know, hits uh, the consciousness. Um, you know. I, 
It is frustrating, obviously, that, that he gets global warming. Uh, a few weeks ago, I reposted this talk he gave a year ago, uh, you know, back uh, in, like, uh, early 2010, where he explained the science of how global warming causes extreme weather by causing uh, more water vapor uh, in the atmosphere, and that water vapor comes down in more intense deluges or more intense snowstorms. So he understands it, and he obviously has some of the you know, smartest uh, experts in the country on climate and energy working for him, and, and so it has obviously been incredibly frustrating that he has not been willing to, to uh, call out uh, the, the deniers on this. And, and equally frustrating is President Clinton, who, of course, uh, was not green when he was in the White House, even though he had Al Gore whispering in his ear. But after he left the presidency, became pretty outspoken about climate change, including a couple of comments at this past week's uh, Clinton Global Initiative. And uh, do you think we're going to see the same thing with Obama once he leaves office? All of a sudden he'll <laughs> discover that we have a climate issue and, and be outspoken about it. What's wrong with their spine when they're in a position where it could actually you know, make a difference? Yeah, it is frustrating. It's like all those generals when they leave the military speaking out, you know, on on the, on subjects like this. I, I think that that um, he's surrounded by advisors who have told him that that uh, uh, this is not an issue to press. I mean, look, on the famous ozone smog rule that he deferred a few weeks ago, that's a slam dunk, right? I mean, this is like healthy air for kids. It is. A few things are more popular with voters, particularly swing voters and independents, than clean air and clean water for their kids. And yet Bill Daly, the chief of staff, uh, you know, is widely viewed as sort of holding sway in persuading Obama uh, to defer this rule. So, you know, if you're not going to – if you don't think you can communicate to the American public the benefit – of clean air, fewer asthma attacks for your kids, fewer hospitalizations, fewer cardiopulmonary diseases and early deaths. You know, how are you going to communicate something that's more complicated like global warming? You know, they just throw up their hands. They, 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 they don't think they can do it. And, of course, it's frustrating because Obama is perfectly able of communicating other things that are complex, like he did a pretty good job in his recent job speech. Um, but you have to you have to believe it, and and I guess at the end of the day, you know he, he just doesn't in his heart of hearts get how important this issue is. Joe, we do have someone in the solar industry, but uh, we're running short on time. So if you could stay with us a few more minutes, uh, if that's possible, we'll have the uh, solar person on next week. Is that okay? Because I have a few more questions for you, and you're always uh, sure. Right that's on. fine. Okay, uh, so the, the, the world of um, green media, or lack thereof, or covering the climate just gets stranger and stranger as um, meteorologically things get so evident uh, that we're in, in a changing world, and yet politically, media-wise, uh, we just are not seeing that reflected. Do you really think between now and uh, the general election, a little over a year from now, the shift is really going to hit the fan. Doesn't it seem like we're headed for something like that, a real confrontation with reality? And, and do you have some hope that that will be the green lining in this otherwise dark, surreal cloud that we're in the midst of? Well, I suppose some of it really does depend on who the Republican nominee is. Uh, you know, Rick Perry was the flavor of the month. He has declined somewhat, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, you know, say that that there's no chance that he would win it. If he were the nominee, then I think it would be an issue, just because he is so extreme on this issue. 
you know, if Mitt Romney is the nominee and he's sort of currently, I guess, the front runner, you know, he's such so good at flip flopping. He's pretty much held every possible position on this subject. The science is real. The science isn't real. We need to take action. We don't need to take action. So, you know, I, I think he could skirt the issue. And and and, um, you know, obviously the American public can see that the weather's gotten more extreme. And um, but uh, you know, at the end of the day, to really communicate this. It takes the president. Uh, you know, you have a great radio show, I have a great blog, but we don't have the bully pulpit that the president of the United States has. What will it take, Joe? When do you think um, the, the truth will break through? Because uh, I, I, I know I say this a lot, but I just continue, continuously am amazed at how even here where I live in the pretty green, pretty progressive Bay Area, this is just not top of mind, top of tongue for most people, you know, fellow baby boomers, moms I know. I just don't hear them talking about it. And, and you and I and many others, but not enough, live in this world where we are, you know, almost obsessed with this topic. And uh, it seems so apparent, so clear, so urgent. And yet it still has not penetrated um, mainstream. It still seems to be somewhat siloed. Uh, how are we going to break out, break through? Because we should be so far past this point dealing with, you know, it's not going to be easy to solve this. And as, as, as Al Gore says, it's not going to be a silver bullet, but a bunch of buckshot when we're still arguing about, you know, its presence or not. Uh, well, you know, I think it's going to take, you know, uh, the good news is the scientific community is, is definitely, uh, you know, working harder on communications. Um, and... Uh, so I don't think it's gonna, you know, I don't think it's gonna happen overnight. I think the public, you know, I think things are gonna have to get a lot worse, unfortunately. I think people are gonna have to see much more extreme weather and the melting, uh, of the polar ice cap even further and, and, um, you know, that, that is a great tragedy. It is certainly easier to persuade people not to do anything and, than it is to, to, you know, uh, persuade people that, that one needs to take strong action now. I wonder what it will take to persuade somebody with deep pockets to fund some green media shows so you and I could do a program together on some mainstream platform. When you look at how many millions are going into funding right-wing radio and television, I, I, am I the only one, maybe besides you, who sees that that's at least part of the problem, that there's no you know, um, broadcast entity that is you know, day in, day out like they are, three hours a day, you know, interactive live call-in show, challenging you know, the... Um, the fossil fuel industry and the, those who would have us stay in the dark ages, um, I think I'm convinced that's part of the problem. So, okay, that's my little, I always get that in, but I, I just, it blows my mind how people don't seem to be noticing that that's part of the problem is the, the void in, in mainstream media because who goes to the progressive radio network? Who goes to, you know, climate progress? It's, it's for the most part those of us who already are very concerned and that's what's got to shift in, in part okay rant over um what do you think of uh al gore's 24 hours of climate reality uh i thought you know i, I thought there was a lot of great stuff there i, I think that you know it, it it um you know the media getting the mainstream media covered is one thing but he got a lot of people watching and i you know i think he i think it's very important to to connect the dots between all the extreme weather that's happening not just in the united states but around the world i mean one of the things that you know uh, uh people should realize is we've been so focused on the extreme weather in this country that that the extreme weather in other countries has hardly gotten any attention 
I mean, it, 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 it rained for nearly 11 consecutive months in Colombia. It was like the worst thing that ever happened to that country. And aren't uh, they having more flooding in Pakistan, fresh flooding? We're having more flooding in Pakistan, and, of course, we're having one of the worst droughts, the worst drought in 60 years in East Africa. Yeah. It's hard to get any attention on just because so much is going on here. And is uh, there some so, uh, extreme weather uh, happening in China as well, Joe? Did I see, was it flooding in China? That's not really making. Uh, uh, there's an, yeah, yeah, um, and uh, it is. It is. Uh, you know, for me, it is a real warning sign. You know, if you, if we get twenty to thirty years in the future where this type of stuff is happening to every country year in and year out, um, this notion that the rich countries are going to help the poor countries adapt or or deal with climate change, I, I, you know, it's going to be very hard because the rich countries are going to be inundated themselves. With the, I mean, we have the worst drought um, in three centuries. Texas has tree rings back 500 years. Um, it is the hottest summer uh, in, in the, uh, any state uh, in the recorded history of the United States, uh, even beating uh, the previous record, which was the Dust Bowl, Oklahoma. So, uh, you know, we're just we're just seeing now uh, uh, what people think is extreme weather, but it'll be normal weather in right. In but but then decades. it'll be it'll be that much later, maybe too late to do much to turn it around. I wonder if anyone in Texas, those residents who were you know sizzling under that heat and prolonged drought and fires, I mean, are they saying Houston we have a problem? Are they starting to question the veracity and integrity of their governor? Have you heard anything about that? I mean, just the, the folks who are seeing it and feeling it and paying for it, as their governor says, you know, it's not caused by that. It must be God. Pray for rain. I haven't seen a poll just in Texas. I, I have run a couple polls this year, which suggest a, that the number of people who who uh, understand that uh, the planet is warming has gone up. And I have seen polls that make clear that public the public understands that that you know this extreme weather is 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 becoming more commonplace. And uh, um, yeah, there's some research I think at Stanford. Poll. Sorry, go ahead. It would be interesting to do a Texas poll. It would. Didn't John Krosnick just come out with some recent uh, studies showing that, uh, in fact, more Americans are believing in climate change? They're just not getting through. That their voices, their thoughts, are not getting, you know, onto mainstream media. Uh, absolutely. Um, and and I mean, one Krosnick has shown, you know, again, it's this total misperception by the president and and progressive. Uh, some politicians in D.C. that this is not a winning issue. This is, in fact, climate change, clean energy are classic wedge issues for progressives, which is to say moderates, independents, very much believe in clean energy, want aggressive clean energy policies, and, and understand that global war, the planet is changing and, and that we should do something about it. And it Absolutely. Just, uh, it's, it, and what Krosnick showed is that you run hypothetical statements uh, by voters for different candidates. That the, the candidate that acknowledges global warming exists and that humans are causing it and that we can take action with clean energy to address the problem, that candidate does a lot better. Mm. Joseph Rome, as always, enlightening, entertaining, informing. I vote for you for president. Are you running in 2012? Uh, hopefully I'm, not, I'm too smart to run. 
but they're no clamor for me like there is for Chris Christie, I'll tell you that much. You know, let's follow that one closely. We'll check in with you in a few weeks. I'm heading off to Canada. I'm going to be talking to some folks in Thunder Bay, Ontario. Think I dare bring up the tar sands? <laughs> uh, well, as you know, a lot of Canadians don't, don't like what their country's doing, but... As in this country, there is a lot of money involved, and, and that, that, that buys a lot of support. That sure does. Thanks so much, Joseph Rome. That does it for this edition of The Green Front. I'm your host, Betsy Rosenberg. Hope you've enjoyed the show. Next week, we'll have someone from the Solar Industry Association talking about Solyndra and uh, what that portends and what it doesn't portend. Have a great green week.